It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Well, it's March 12th. We're back giving another podcast. And I tell you, today's podcast could be one of the most important podcasts you could listen to impacting your financial life. And what I'm talking about is, are your 401k fees robbing you of your retirement? And as you go see, there's been a lot more attention played to this question in the last week and a half than it's been asked really in the last few years. And I'm really glad to see the light of day finally fall on this topic so we can really start talking about the impact of fees on your overall retirement picture and knowing how comfortable you are going to be in retirement based upon what you paid all those years that you were saving. Now, if you're just joining us, this is the Money Guy Podcast. I am Brian Preston. This is not my day job. My day job is I'm a fee-only financial planner. I'm a certified public accountant, a certified financial planner, and a personal financial specialist. And I started this podcast as a hobby, and it's kind of just taken a life of its own and grown and grown and added more and more audience. And um, I just appreciate you guys continuing to come back, listening to the show, and hopefully I'm giving you the right type of guidance so you really can restore order to your financial chaos out there. Um, I am impressed constantly by the numbers and the number of emails I get from people who have said they just found the podcast last week or two weeks before. And I know we don't do a great job of marketing this podcast. It's one of those things where we just kind of put it out there and wait to see how many of you show up. But um, the numbers have been incredible, and I really appreciate your support. Also, I want to give you one quick update. is um, The first issue of the Wealth Report, that's the actual snail mail newsletter that we're going to start sending out to podcast subscribers um, I have filled up the number of people that were going to send those first issues out. Um, stay tuned, though, because this was so successful on the number of people that signed up. Um, I'm going to send out the, these issues. We're going to see how many people actually sign up to subscribe to it, and there might be an opportunity in the next month or two where um, I'm going to open it up to some more free subscriptions in the future. So um, keep it, I'll keep you posted on that, and if there's any positive impacts that um, do allow you to come back in and get another free issue. Um, but what we're talking about today is very, 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 very powerful. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen, and I, and I think it, there's a portion of the market that is underserved specifically in retirement plans, and a lot of times it's the plans um, for smaller employers. You know, this is not a problem that you see with the big Fortune 500 companies because most of them have their 401K plans with Vanguard, Fidelity, and, and big, big mutual fund companies where there's really no, there are no commissions. Um, the administrative fees are next to nothing. They also have a good broad range of good index funds on the large cap side that you can invest in, plus a good broad range of um, actively managed international and small cap, as well as some real estate, and, and a good spectrum of diversification as well as low cost. Because the, the two biggest things that really impact your performance in all your investment uh, accounts is really the fees that you're paying and taxes. Now, fees, you know, definitely impact your retirement accounts. Taxes, not so much right now. They will when you go pull that money out in the future, unless you're using one of those new um, Roth 401ks or Roth IRAs, but they will be impact you in the future. So we're not really talking about that and focusing on that on today's podcast. We're primarily talking about today the fees that you're paying, since that does have such a huge, huge impact on your financial independence. And let's talk about this. When I say that there's been a storm, really, of concern that's been building, and um, 
concerning your 401ks, what I'm talking about is there's three articles that I have linked. You can go to our website. It's money-guy.com. That's money-guy.com. You can go um, sign up for the the free email newsletter that goes out with that has the show notes and the links to all the websites that I use as references when I talk about this stuff. But the the three that I'm actually going to reference today is there was a CNNMoney.com. Um, article that says lawmakers, and it was titled Lawmakers to Take a Closer Look at Hidden 401k Fees. There's also a Department of Labor study that's out there that I've got a link to that I use primarily for a lot of what we're going to talk about today that's titled A Look at 401k Plan Fees. And then Market Watch, another internet company, you know, I think that's CBS Market Watch, has more fee disclosures, could save 401k owners money. Congress told because what all this um the the big press that's happened in the last week and a half is because last Tuesday on March 6 there was um in front of Congress they had a panel come in and talk about the the ever growing concern over the the impact of fees on retirement and why are, why is Congress even concerned about this let's talk about this and I kind of hit on this in the notes a little bit later but the reason Congress is getting involved in this is they know they have screwed up. Social Security is a disaster. I don't care what AARP tells you. It is a disaster the way we have set this plan up, where it's essentially a Ponzi pyramid scheme, where we have the current workers paying for past retired individuals. There's no trust funds. There's no assets set aside by the government. It is a pay-as-you-go system, also known as Ponzi scheme. So they know that they have really screwed this thing up. They also know, and you can go back and listen to Retirement in Crisis podcast that I did earlier or late last year, and it talks about the, the dying pension. The pensions are becoming extinct. You're not going to get a pension. If you're a young worker or you're a middle-aged person who has changed jobs recently, most plans out there that have fixed pensions, defined pensions, will not allow you to be active participants or come in and participate in them anymore. They are a dying breed, and Congress recognizes this. They are worried that baby boomers and others are going to start retiring in the next 20 to 10 to 20 years, and they're not going to have any assets. So we're either going to have people working till the day they die, which I think a lot of people will end up being at that point, or they're going to rely more and more on the government. Because let's face it, you're going to have to you're going to need retirement income to cover your living expenses, and then you're also going to need some type of funds to cover your health care costs. Government is scared to death that they have really screwed this thing up. So now they're putting it back on, and they should do this. They are putting it back on to make sure that the private enterprises out there that have 401Ks, 403Bs, are doing a good job for their participants. And um, and, and it's, it is really troubling because if you look at the fees that you're paying in a lot of these products, especially some of the, um, and I'm not picking on them, I hope they don't think that, but it is the truth. A lot of your insurance-based products have much higher fees because they are insurance-based products, so they have what's called mortality expenses and other fees that maybe mutual funds aren't subject to. So this, these are things that you really need to look at to make sure you're doing the right thing. Now let's talk about how much 401ks have grown. Like I told you, the pensions are all but extinct. 401ks have grown tremendously. And to give you proof of that, you can look in 1984, there were 7.5 million participants in a 401k. As of 2005, that number has grown now to where we have 47 million participants in 401ks. So you can see that is a huge 
huge. It's almost squared. It's almost like you did seven times seven because there was seven and a half million participants back in 84. Now we're at 47 million. You can see how that number is exponentially grown, truly. Um, and then you know also another art, part of the article, that CNN Money article, the one that's um, titled Lawmakers to Take a Closer Look at Hidden 401k Fees, they have a, a statement in here from one of the panelists that says, over 80% of people who are in 401k plans are not aware of how much they're paying in fees. And in the same article, it also says that excessive fees, and this is troubling, excessive fees have penalized account balances by an average of 15% over the past 20 years. So let's take these two things apart. First, 80% of people don't know what they're paying in fees. I'll tell you, I, I will take that number further and tell you, I don't think most people who are in charge of the 401k plans, meaning you guys, because I know I get a lot of the emails, a lot of you guys that are contacting me are actually the decision makers at your workplace. You're the, either the founders, the owners, the partners. You are deciding these plans, and a lot of you don't know what you're paying. Maybe you have a buddy that um, down the street that got you in this plan because he lives in the neighborhood, you know him, um, and it hasn't been that big of a deal to you. But I'm telling you, the government has got some changing waters right now on the way they're looking at this that is going to make you sit up in your chair and rethink the way you've handled your 401K in the past for your employees. The other thing, they estimate that 15% of your retirement has been penalized by excessive fees. If you talk about this in terms of of a plan account, let's talk about a million dollars. If fifteen per, if you've been penalized by fifteen percent for account fees, that means the difference between maybe you have a million dollars if you have a low cost four hundred one k plan versus maybe you only have eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars in your retirement account when you retire if you're in one that's charging you excessive fees. That's tremendous. You got to take this into account. Um, the scary part of all this is, and I've already hit on this, is that most of you that are the employers and the decision makers haven't been taking this seriously. This has been one of those things where you go hire somebody to give you a 401k, um, whether it's somebody who maybe does your payroll, you know, an insurance company or somebody, and you just say, just bring this in. We need to offer this benefit just so we're competitive um, in our industry. But you haven't really paid attention to the fees that you're paying. You haven't paid attention to whoever you're bringing in, meaning the investment options. And I think it's going to come back to bite you because listen to this statement that was put out by the Department of Labor. It says, quote, you should be aware that your employer also has a specific obligation to consider the fees and expenses by your plan. ERISA requires employers to follow certain rules in managing 401k plans. Employers are held to a high standard of care and diligence and must discharge their duties solely in the interest of the plan participants and their beneficiaries. If you go look up fiduciary obligation or fiduciary, just look a fiduciary up, I think you're going to see that is the definition where it says employers are held to a high standard of care and diligence and must discharge their duties solely in the interest of the plan participants and their beneficiaries. Among other things, this means that the employers must, one, establish a prudent process for selecting investment alternatives and service providers, Meaning you can't just say, hey, I know this guy. He lives down the street from me or he's my brother-in-law. That's not going to pass. That's going to get you in trouble with the government. Number two, you must ensure that fees paid to service providers and other expenses of the plan are reasonable in light of the level of quality of service provided. Meaning that if your guy hasn't shown up to give educational seminars to your employees in the last three years, and yet he's still taking a one and a half to two percent fee a year, you're going to get in trouble for that. They're going to say, wait a minute, you should have known 
that this guy is collecting all these fees, hurting your retirement and your employee's retirement, all the while you've been asleep at the steering wheel. Three, select investment alternatives that are prudent and adequately diversified. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen, uh, I've already picked on the insurance guys, let's talk about the mutual fund companies that you go buy your 401k directly with one mutual fund company, and maybe they have a great large cap fund, meaning they buy U.S. stocks that are bigger than $12 billion, your GEs, your Home Depots, your Walmarts. But that's all they got is one good large cap stock fund. They don't have a good small cap option. They don't have a good international option. They definitely don't have real estate. They don't offer commodities. They don't offer, you know, the diversification you need to really protect yourself if the market goes through a shaky period. If you don't show any type of diversification, you're going to be in trouble there as the employer. And if you're the employee, and I know I keep talking about this employer, I just, I'm just, shaping this because I know what my listeners are like from listening to you guys in the easy emails. But if you're an employee, maybe you know the decision maker at your company. You can go bring and shed a light on the plan yourself as well. But um, the fourth thing, and then we'll move on to something else. You have to monitor investment alternatives and service providers once selected to see if they continue to be appropriate choices. So this is the catch-all. They say, okay, maybe you did a good job. You didn't just hire your brother-in-law to do the 401K. Maybe you did go out and you chose the best funds that were available back in 1995. But what have you done since then to ensure that this plan is still good? So they're putting a catch-all on there that you as the employer have to make sure you're choosing the right things. And step up if you're the employee and listen to this because you might have the opportunity to go pick on your boss if they're not doing what they do because you can scare them into realizing that they need to take this more seriously. Okay. Now that you've listened to this and you're probably wondering, okay, Brian has now scared me. What can we do to do this? Because, you know, the whole purpose of this show is I always want to educate you and try to give you the type of knowledge you need to make the right decisions. So let's talk about some of these things you can do to right the ship. First, let's talk about what are 401k plan fees and who pays for them. And I keep saying 401ks, but realize 403bs are very similar to 401k. So if you have a 403b, you can, you know, basically replace the language of 401k and look at 403bs uh, and do the same thing. But the fees associated with these type of plans, you have plan administration fees. And what plan administration fees are is they are plan record keeping, accounting, legal, and trustee services. This is, you know, most plans are all going to have these type of fees. And um, the cost of administrative services usually are in cover, you know, will be covered by investment fees that are directed, you know, deducted directly from the investment returns, meaning they're taken out and they're shown um, somewhere else. But you will see sometimes administrative charges are taken out separately. They'll be borne either by the employer, meaning they'll pay it among your behalf, or you will have a percentage that will be taken out of your account. So you need to know plan administration fees are basically for record keeping, accounting, legal, and trustee services. Investment fees. These are the ones you really got to wake up and look at. Investment fees are by far the largest component of 401k plan fees. And they are associated with managing the investment. And we're going to get into this in a minute on what type of options you might have because maybe you've got mutual funds, maybe you've got annuities. They, they each have pluses and minus. Well, I should say they each have some warts on them that we need to talk about, some negatives, and I'm going to tell you what to look for on that. But you've got to look out. I've already told you about the plan administration fees, but then you also have to look at investment fees. 
which are the fees to get into the different products that you're buying into. And um, they're usually directed, deducted directly from your investment returns. So you either they're embedded in the performance or you might see um, an investment advisory fee or, you know, a quarterly fee where it's coming out because whoever's managing your assets is taking their fee out that way. And then the last type of fee you have to really be concerned about is individual service fees. And these are fees typically for, like, taking a loan or for um, executing a particular investment direction. And when I talk about a, a particular investment direction, I've noticed a lot of these new life cycle type funds, lifestyle funds, where you basically choose your retirement date, and they will have a basket of funds that will do everything for you. We offer that with my own company, but we don't charge a fee on it. But you, I have seen where a lot of fund companies are now offering these lifestyle funds where you choose your retirement date, and then they will do all the asset allocation for you. But they usually, a lot of them are now charging 20 basis points to a quarter of 1% a year just to give you that option. So you need to pay attention to some of those individual service fees um, to make sure. And, and as for the loan, if you got a loan on your 401k, get rid of that thing. I mean, you're not going to take a loan against your retirement. I just don't think that's a healthy move. So um, try to avoid that fee at all, if at all possible. So... Let's talk about some of the common investment and related fees. And this is digging a little bit deeper. We've talked about the plan administration. We talked about those individual service fees. Let's dig a little bit deeper into those investment fees. If you do have, you know, when you have investment fees, they're primarily going to be determined by the type of investment that you are using. And let's talk about first, probably the one that's used by most of the big plans out there. And I've already hinted at the fact that a lot of the, the big plans by the Fortune 500 are run by Vanguard, Fidelity, um, and others, big mutual fund companies. Mutual funds, you know, they, they do offer some opportunity because they pull and invest the money of many people. You know, it allows you to buy into stocks, you know, where instead of buying a bunch of different individual stocks, you can buy into a pool of, of, of stocks, you know, in a mutual fund. The same thing, you can buy into a pool of bonds. You can buy into real estate with limited money. Mutual funds are great in that aspect, but they do have some warts if you're buying into the wrong type of fund. First, some mutual funds do assess what's called a sales charge. They're all known as a front-end load, a commission. Um, you can call it a sales charge. can be front-ended or it can be back-ended. And when I say back-ended, that means that they, don't, they charge you the sales commission or the load as you sell the product. They might have what's called a deferred sales charge or redemption fee. That's, that's where it really dings you on the way out if you, don't, if you decide to sell out. You need to try to avoid these type of funds that have high excessive front-end or back-end fees because that's cutting out your performance. If you're paying um, a front-end commission of 3 to 5% on every dollar you put in, think about that. That's very powerful. You're not really investing $100. You're investing only $97.50 if you think about it in those terms because they're taking that money off the front-end or on the back-end, say you've invested a thousand dollars and now it's worth three thousand dollars and you go pull that money out and all of a sudden or you go change the allocation around and now all of a sudden they're going to ding you with a three to five percent back in charge on with the total value even including your earnings that's not good either so you got to pay attention to these things also mutual funds might assess what's called a 12b1 fee um 
these fees, a, tw- a Rule 12B-1 fee, it, it are used sometimes to pay commissions to the brokers who are selling you these funds, or they can be used for salespersons to pay for advertising and other costs of promoting the fund. This is a fee that's put out there, and these fees typically range from somewhere around a quarter of 1% all the way up to 1% a year. So you have to watch that because we already know how bad that extra 1% um, or 2% can really cut the feed out from your retirement. Um, if you were asking me my opinion on mutual funds, I think they're great if you buy no-load mutual funds. And I mean truly no-load mutual funds that don't have these 12B1 fees and um, and don't have all the front-end and back-end commissions. You're going to notice, and then let's talk about, and I'll talk about this in a second, you're going to notice that all of the, the recommendation, recommendations that I give you, I like you, you to be able to vote with your feet. Meaning that if you don't like how your funds are being handled or your investment is performing, that you can get up and leave that investment at any point in time and go find you a new manager. Any type of fund or investment that penalizes you for moving to a different investment option is bad because if they were worth their weight in salt, they wouldn't have to penalize you on the back end. So think about that, and that's another reason that I'm going to talk about this next one is variable annuities. Variable annuities, now this is the warts on them, they have what's called insurance-related charges. And what those are is they're associated with, um, because variable annuities are insurance products, they have to charge what's called sales expenses, mortality risk charges, and the cost of issuing and administering contracts. Um, and these things can be, uh, like I know those mortality expenses, on average total about one and a quarter percent extra a year. And you don't get anything necessarily from those mortality expenses. It's not like mortality expenses on life insurance. They, co- they, they provide where if you, for instance, might buy a term life insurance po- product where you might have paid $500, but if you passed away, your, your family would get $500,000 of benefit. That mortality expense provided you the coverage that allowed you to only pay $500, and then if you passed away, you got that big jump up. A lot of times... Now, there are exceptions to this, but a lot of times you're paying these mortality expenses on these variable annuities, and you don't get any type of step up. If the account was worth 230000 when you died, you're going to get $230,000 paid out to your participants a lot of times. There are some, um, some other details, like they do have guaranteed benefits and so forth. Um, that you know you can't lose money, and I will tell you those are some added benefit options. But if you go look at the historical norm of the stock market, and if you're a long-term investor, you don't have to worry about that stuff because after five to seven years, a lot of those risks are, are mitigated anyway. Um, variable annuities also have what's called surrender and transfer charges. These are fees, just like I talked about. They are fee, just like the deferred back-end sales charges on mutual funds, surrender and transfer charges ding you on the way out. They, um, these are fees that an insurance company can charge you when an employer terminates a contract um, before the term of the, the contract expires or if you withdraw money from the contract before they've run through their, their holding period, which can range from five to seven years if you're not careful, or three years. It all depends on the product you're in. So you have to be very careful. Remember, I like everybody to be able to vote with their feet, so that way you're not tied to anybody um, if you don't like the management or how the performance is going. So where can you get information about the fees and expenses um, that you're being charged on your 401k? The big thing you need to look at is that you can um, look at whenever you do an investment in your 401k, a lot of times, especially if it's a mutual fund, they're going to have to send you what's called a prospectus. 
I know you're going to have to read through page 20 of all the legalese talk, but somewhere in there is going to be a disclosure of the fees, and you're going to be able to see what those internal expenses are. You're going to be able to see what those sales loads and commissions are going to be, and you can really get an understanding about what you're paying in fees. I'd also tell you to look on your account statement. If you go look at your monthly or quarterly or annual account statement, it depends upon your 401K provider. They only have to do it once a year, but a lot of times – some of the big boys do them monthly, and then some of the others only do them quarterly. You can see if they charge some expenses directly to your account. Um, if they don't do it there, you know, you might have to go pull what's called the summary plan description, SPD for short. If you go ask your employer for a copy of the summary plan description, it'll tell you what the plan provider and how, who the plan provider is and how they operate your 401k. It'll tell you how the administrative expenses are paid, whether they're paid by your employer, paid by you um, as the, the employee. And it also tells, you know, how things are run and set up and the matching and so forth. So you might want to go ask your employer. They're only required to give that to you when you join the plan or every five years if there's material modifications and every ten years if there are no material modifications. So you probably not even heard anybody mention this summary plan description to you, but it is your right to go ask your HR or your um, whoever your benefits administrator is to go ask them for this document. And then the last thing, which you might have a little more strife getting out of them, is, um, and I don't know if you, you can go look at this, it is a tax form, it's the 5500 form, it's the annual report that they're required to file with the Internal Revenue Service. Um, you can go pull this form, you are allowed to have it, but if you do request it, they might charge you a fee for photocopying it out for you if you ask for it from the plan administrator. So these are all things that you can go out there and look at what you're paying in fees and make sure you're not getting ripped off. There are so many complicated fees, the way they're doing this and structuring these products, that I think it is a travesty that they've been doing this, and especially with the pensions going extinct, you're on your own. The only way you're going to be able to protect yourself is if you educate yourself. So go out there and research all these fees. Research these links that I put on the website. That's money-god.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and you can get this stuff emailed directly to you. And um, just prepare yourself so you're making the right decisions. Now, I am going to say one thing. Y'all know that this this podcast is a hobby of mine. Um, don't make any material money from this podcast, but every now and then the hobby kind of crosses paths with my actual business. And I would be a fool if I didn't bring it to your attention and try to figure out an opportunity to, to, to better my business through um, bringing something to your attention on the podcast. My firm, that's Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management, that's my day job. Like I said, I am a fee-only financial planner. Um, we do do offer 401k consulting and plan administration services to retirement plans that have over $1 million in assets. Um, and we do that because I will tell you it's harder to do this for startup plans, but if, if there's a plan that has $1 million and greater, there are a lot of opportunity out there. And a lot of you might not have had these opportunities because I'll tell you until a few years ago, you really couldn't get these type of opportunities until you had a plan that had 8 to $10 million in assets. But now they've kind of revamped third-party administration software and some of the rules and other things to where now you can get a pretty good 401K as long as you have about a $1 million in assets. But I'd love for you, to, if, you're, if you've listened to this podcast, if you've gotten concerned about maybe how much you're paying in fees, you can't figure it out because it's so convoluted with the way you're being charged, 
contact me. You can um, email me directly. You can do it through either my podcast email, which is brian, B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com, or you can send it to my company email account. That's jbp at preston-cleveland.com, or you can call me and call the firm directly at 770-898-4235. I know it's goofy to say, but it really could be an important phone call to where you could lower your fees by thousands of dollars a year, you also could offer, um, you know, tons of diversification options that your current plan may not offer you at the time and provide a benefit for both you and your employees. And it also will help you cover these new fiduciary requirements that the, that the government is now starting to put on you as the employer. They are counting on you to be a good shepherd of watching over your, the plan assets of your employees. So you need to start taking that job seriously Otherwise, it's going to be a ticking time bomb for you. But um, I do appreciate you giving me the time to go out there and throw that shameless plug because I, I would be, like I said, a, a crazy not to, to draw to your attention that I can't help with these type of issues. But I'm so, so happy to see that this is finally getting the light of day that it should. I mean, I'm so glad to see that finally the government and other regulatory bodies are getting hold of the fact that this industry, my industry, being a financial advisor and um, – has gotten a little greedy with the way these fees work sometimes, and they and to the point that it's all it's hurting um, the vast majority of people in 401ks. So um, think about this. Listen to the podcast again. Go look at these websites that um, I've put out there for you. I think there's enough um, little nuggets of information out there that I can equip you with the tools that really make the right decisions here. Well, I hope this has been helpful for you. Um, until next time, I really do hope that God bless you with good wealth, good health, friends, family, and future opportunities. Thanks so much. Until next time, this is Brian. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.